0: We continue in the Sefer Nefesh Shemshon. We're on page 100, uh, 121. We're continuing with further brachas of the standing brachas and appreciating the physical things that Hashem gives us in our lives. One second. Okay, and we're going to start with the blessing of Malbish Arumim that God clothes those who have no clothes. So, can you imagine, uh, Rapim is talking to a Haredi group of people. Can you imagine if you walk into shul and everybody wears a black hat, right, in a Haredi shul, or a Hasidic shul, everyone wears a shtrimel. Can you imagine you walk into shul and you realize you forgot your hat? Okay, what a embarrassment it would be. Imagine how happy you were a half an hour ago when you were at home. You walk in the show, oh my goodness, I forgot it. Or how about if you forget something even more important than that? It seems like everybody wants to call me at the worst time. And I know I'm not going to interrupt anymore. So imagine you forgot something even more important. Uh, let's say you forgot your pants. You walked into shul without your pants. That would be kind of sad, right? So we got to consider the kindness of which we are receiving all this. So when we say, there's three aspects to thank Hashem for. Number one, it's we're not only thanking Hashem for the fact we have a garment, but the mere fact that we are not walking around unclothed. Because that's what it says. We don't say, thank you, Hashem for the clothes you gave me. We say, malbish arumim. You clothe those who have have no clothes. You know, you're in your birthday suit. Right? So the fact that we're not unclothed. I thank Hashem for that, hanoh that I'm not walking around without any clothes. So we have to understand the pleasure that we get from wearing pants, a shirt, and for those who wear a tie, right? And therefore, the text is for the fact that we are being clothed and the pleasure that we get that we're not walking around without clothes. Every day, 18 hours a day, you got clothes on. Imagine if you'd have to go around today 18 hours with absolutely zero clothes on your body What kind of toleration would that be? So we need to have a special praise for that Okay, you know you saw some pictures of the terrorists when they uh, surrendered All they had was their underpants and people were condemning Israel for showing that to everybody really Since when do animals need clothes? But you see, you see that, how can you do that? So anyway, so the fact that you have clothes on. Now obviously, people who live in nudist colonies will not appreciate this (laughs) bracha, okay? But we appreciate that idea that we just have clothes, okay? Number two, there's an extra praise when you wear clothes, they really reveal what's inside of you. You could tell by the way a person dresses, if he's a Talmud Chacham, if he's a Torah, if he's a Frum person, or she's a Frum person, or someone who's ignorant and very secular. A woman who wears clothes in a modest way, the clothes are able to express the dignity that she has as opposed to the way the, I don't know what you call people, who, who just wear exposing every body part that they have. So a lack of dignity. And there's a third deeper part because if a person doesn't have any clothes, so not only is, is he un- uncovered in terms of his flesh, but he's uncovered in, in terms of his cover of his honor. Okay? where a person is totally being looked at as a piece of meat. And there's no way of even expressing cover. The Gemara says that your clothes are your covet, so to speak. It doesn't express only what, what kind of person you are, but, but your, your, your honorable level. So when you're covering your body, we're able to see the inner part of the person. When you uncover your body, you want people to just see the outside of Why do people, and there's all these pictures of not modestly dressed people, why? Because I want you to see my external. I don't want you to look inside of me. Why not? When a person's wearing clothing, he's saying, I'm not the external person. I'm an internal person, right? Now this goes beyond the fact that we have nice clothes. Forget about you have nice clothes. Thank God. You know, even though this was whatever, it's nice clothes. I look like a rabbi. I look like a person teaching Torah. I don't look like a a bum. So that's something to to really appreciate. Abor Hashem, that you can go to your closet and look, and there's four or five suits, 10, 15 shirts, whatever. It's not like. You know, I'm down to my last pair of pants. And if I rip them, I don't know what I'm going to wear. You know, when I was young, we were very poor. So I had like like one pair of pants. And if it wore out, you wore it until you got a second pair of pants. That's it. And now I was worried. What's going to happen if I rip my pants? Now, okay, I ripped my pants. I've got another pair of pants to put on. My shirt gets dirty. I put on another shirt. I don't have to worry about this. But to appreciate not just the clothing for what they are, although if you like, you know, you can even have happy socks that will make you happy. <laughs> like it's it's every type of clothes you have and the choice of what you want to use for wearing. So thank God there's a lot to thank. That's for clothing. Yeah, question, comment? Just you you can have nice clothes. You can have nice clothes if the purpose is that you want people to see you as a dignified ambassador of God. Now, if you're going to spend $10,000 on a suit, you don't need that much money. You don't need designer clothes that cost that much money. That's ridiculous. Okay? Now, uh, you, you have to wear clothes that's fitting the station in life that you're of. And what are you? You're the ambassador of God. So the ambassador of God should not dress like a schlump. You don't have to have the fanciest clothes, but you don't have to, but you shouldn't be dressed as a schlump. So you dress properly, you thank Hashem for that, and therefore, like whatever. And you know, and, and when you're finished, you have pajamas that you could wear. That's nice too. So you don't have to get your clothes messed up. So there's a lot that we take for granted. We, of course, you have clothes. You know, so just just when you go to, tonight, you go home, you look in your closet. Wow. You can't say the bracha again. But clearly you realize that Hashem has given us so much. Okay, that's that one. Matir Asurim. God releases those that are bound up. When do we say that? We say that as we get up out of bed. As we pick our heads up. We wait wait for all the brachos to later, but it's specifically that I can move my body. I Can run I can jump I can move I Can pick my hand up? You know and and if God forbid any part of the body doesn't work Like you need to run somewhere or Hashem you can run there There's some people unfortunately they can't even pick their hand up What do you do with your hand? What do you do with your feet? You can do everything you want and it's and you take it for granted until you get a stroke All of a sudden you can't move that body part anymore So that's a tremendous convenience in life for having that Okay, he's not doing all the brachas. He's just saying some of them You spread the earth over the water We know that most a lot of this planet inside is full of water and it's terra firma on top of water and the earth does not sink into the water. But the main thing we're thinking of is that there is gravity on earth that's solid. That's something to not take for granted. What if we lived in places that were like sinkholes? Whenever you walk, you know, you ever go to these uh, places that it's so muddy When you walk in, your foot goes all the way in. Not quicksand, just muddy. (coughs) We were once at a particular beach. The sand was so gooky. As you put your foot in with your water shoes, when you pull your foot out, the water shoe falls out. You can lose your water shoes. And Baruch Hashem, we have earth that's solid. Thank God we have pavement. Hashem gave us the seichel. We live in a world with pavement. And you have gravity. And you're not floating around. Right? Now, again, this is so automatic. We don't, uh, we expect that to be. So, you know, a time where you can really appreciate this. Now, this time of year. When you get one of these ice storms. And now, you want to go out of your car. And you, you can't even move. I remember once I was shopping with my wife at Nofrills. I was getting close to Mincha, and we, I saw the shopping was gonna finish. I told my wife, okay, you finish the shopping. I'll walk from Nofrills here. Okay, we didn't have this little yeah. road over here. You had to go up New Westminster, and then down by yeah. the condos. Uh, yeah. So it was a particularly cold Sunday afternoon, <laughs> and, the, and the ground was icy. It was very windy. So, as I'm coming to the condos, like the wind was like gusts, like 80, 90, 100 degrees. And I can't keep my, I can't stay in my place. I'm walking. The wind is blowing me. And I'm just trying to keep my balance and not fall. Because I had no control of walking on the ground. The, the, the sidewalk was like a sheet of ice and the wind is blowing me and it's like I'm not moving, I'm not moving my body and the wind is moving my body. I said, I have no control. So then at that moment you can appreciate that what, Roka or it's ha that you can walk on firm ground. You know, no earthquakes. If you have an earthquake, there's no firm ground. Um, The the fact that uh, and you know, you daven You know, when you make that bracha, as you get older, you shouldn't trip. You know, older people they don't have such good balance. You know, and you know, many people like when you have the sidewalk and you have <coughs> little cracks between one piece and another. If you're not careful, I've known people who have tripped and broken their uh, their what do you call it? The your hip or broken your legs you walking the shul, you break your legs. What's that? So, to appreciate the fact you can walk. Again, when you're young and healthy, you don't think about it, but one should think about it. Another breath, which literally means, Hashem, you provide me with all my needs. But the Gemara says, it's specifically focusing on your shoes. So what's the idea of the shoes? Well, a number of ideas. Idea number one, is that Hashem takes care of all my needs, even the lowest of my needs. Needs was his my shoes, because the shoe is the lowest part of the person. So it's not only the shoe. So I got everything. I have everything I could need, even shoes. I have on the bottom. That's the very simple shot. Yeah. why don't we do shachiyon uh, shoes? A shachiyon was a different thing. Because shekhinah depends on how much pleasure you get, and you get more pleasure from other items. From a suit that costs a lot more, you get more pleasure than a pair of shoes. The pair of shoes, like a suit, wow, you look cool. Shoes, it's, it's, it's relatively cheaper. You don't get that much. In general, okay, shoes are like, what do they call it in the, in, the, in the clothing industry where you got the main clothes and then the little add-ons. You know what I'm talking about? It's like the supplement, like the belt and the tie, and accessories. Accessories. A shoe really is an accessory. When you're going to to uh, to, uh, to a store and you want to outfit yourself, the main thing is the clothes. Okay, now you got accessories, ties an accessory, hat, <coughs> shoes. So it's not as expensive. Part of the joy is the expense, and therefore we don't make a shafiyya on shoes. Because they're they're not, but our appreciation has to go even for the smallest pleasure. You see, so that's not a shekhiyanu It's going through the day, I'm already appreciating that. Now, if I have something about buying something, I got something very expensive, that creates a different sense of joy that I do not get from a pair of shoes. Yes, yeah. So, do you make shekhiyanu new cars? Yes, <coughs> A new car. You make shekhiyanu anything that. Mm-hmm. Is, it gives you joy because it's a major purchase and you're happy with it. You get a new car, you're happy. If you're buying a jalopy and breaking down every second from the day you take it, you're not so happy. He wouldn't make a brach on it. Okay, now to appreciate this idea, Rav gives a good example. He said when he was moving from B'nai Brock First lived in Aibrak before he moved to um, the Negev. So Aibrak, you have small apartments, so you have to have some kind of a, a van to carry your things. So he originally ordered a, a small cube van. His friend, who was older than him, says, "You know, I ordered a larger van for you." He says, "Why? I don't have that much stuff. You'll see. This is the first time you're moving." and all of a sudden they realized they needed a much bigger van. You don't realize, once you have to start packing, how many clothes you have, how much furniture you really have, and in the the cabinet, how much stuff's in the cabinet, plates and silverware and this and that. You figure, what do I got? So you begin to realize, wow, I have a lot. You never realize how many things are packed into the different pieces of furniture. So therefore, you are really thanking Hashem For all the things, which really means Hashem, and it's a deeper pshat. Hashem, you have given me everything that I need to be able to serve you. So when you look what's in your house, and you happen to look at your neighbor, who has ten times what you have, updated appliances, yours aren't updated, fancier clothes, yours aren't. You say, I don't know if I have everything I need. Look at the other guy. The answer is, you didn't say everything you want. It's, Hashem gave me everything I need. I have everything I need to be able to serve Hashem. Which means, if I have less than the other guy, it just means I don't need that much to serve Hashem. If i have more than the other guy, then I need more to serve Hashem, and therefore this gives us a feeling of satisfaction and contentment. How can you, you can imagine for a woman or a man they complain to their spouse? You know, you're not making enough money. We don't have nice furniture. We don't have this, and then you turn around and make the bracha shasoli kol zirki. You're a liar. When you're saying shasoli kol you have, to, you have to mean what you're saying. What if you're really unhappy with your apartment, you can't stand it, so crowded, the furniture you think is outdated, it works, but it's outdated. The car is already 10 years old, still works, but it doesn't have all the new features. He complained, ach, I wish, I wish I had better stuff. <coughs> well then how are you gonna say the Brother Shah Saleh called Tzorki? You're saying Hashem's name, you're saying Hashem's name. So, really, you have to have a moment to pause and to say, am I really happy with everything I have? The job I have. Everything Shasoli just solely Right now, at this time, I have everything I need to be a servant of Hashem. You want to ask for an upgrade? Well, leave it for the Amida to ask for an upgrade. If you think, and you can justify why you need an upgrade to Hashem, you can ask for an upgrade from Hashem. So, this is Shasoli called Sarki. Everything I actually need, and that's what I have. Even the shoes. Imagine if you didn't have shoes. If you didn't have shoes, and you'd have to walk to your car barefoot, what would probably happen? First of all, your feet would be very cold. Second of all, you'd probably cut yourself, probably hurt yourself. Very few people are like Tarzan, who live in the forest and they go barefoot feet with any clothes, all right? <coughs> So the fact, you know, that you got shoes and the shoes show you that you are, there's a separation between you and the ground. That you're not so earthly. So that's an amazing thing to to thank Hashem for. Okay, there's two more brachas he deals with and these two are unique. The one for our belt where we say, Ozer Yisrael Bigvura, Hashem girds the Jewish people with strength. And, o tear Yisrael and he crowns the Jewish people with glory. That's for your kippah or devillin. So the question is: of all the standing brachas, only these two have the word Yisrael, Jewish people. It doesn't say, for example, Raka Ha'orets al-Hamayim li Yisrael. It doesn't say Matir li Why is it only the Jewish people here? Because these are two uniquely Jewish things we thank Hashem. Everything else, shoes, everybody needs shoes. Every, a Jew or non-Jew wants to be healthy. A Jew or non-Jew wants to have eyes. A Jew or non-Jew wants to have clothes. But these two things are special gifts that only go to the Jewish people. And what is this? The idea of the belt. Or if you're a Hasidish, you wear a gartel during davening. So, <coughs> why is this? So, so what? what's the praise? I mean, how is a belt different than Malbisha, Rumi? Part of it, I've closed. It's part of my clothes. <laughs> Even though we're going to call this an accessory. Yeah. <laughs> but now we're not going to call the belt an accessory. We're going to call it a very primary thing. Now what's so special about the belt or the gartel is to show that there is a boundary between the upper half of my body and the lower half of my body. And that virtue, that there's a clear demarcation between the top and the bottom is only found by Jews and not by non-Jews. Non-Jews, there's no there's in the top and the bottom. A non-Jew, Mamish, lives with his feet. And your feet are everything. Below the belt is where most of the real pleasures are found. So the koi looks at that as just as important as any other part of my body. And the other person, who's a spiritual person, he says, no, 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 there is a difference here. There's a difference between above the belt and below the belt. No, no, it's even it's Even in boxing, there's a rule you don't hit below the belt. Okay, so the Eight Sahara, he has to hit us below the belt, but the Eight Sahara is from below the belt. A goy, it's all pleasure. Mouth, eyes, ears, what gives me pleasure? My body, what gives me pleasure? Below the belt, what gives me pleasure? A Jew says, wait a minute, the pleasure gets divided. There's the top half, the bottom half. The top half is my core. It's got my eye, it's got my heart, it's got my mind, where I can connect to Hashem with my heart and my mind. Yes, I have eyes, ears, nose, and all that. That's to bring Torah and opportunities of Chesed into my life. i got a mouth that I can say beautiful words. But once I get below the belt, i got to be awfully careful. That is not the core of the person. Now, of course, you have to engage in procreation and you have to walk and do things like that. But there's a clear distinction being made. And that the top half rules the bottom half. And there is a class system within my body. Yes, within my body, there is a priority. And the top half is the priority. The bottom half is not. The bottom half has to listen to the top half. You have to have some kind of mechitza. Okay? And we have this machitza that's telling us that we have to gird ourselves with strength. What does that mean? So, when you put the belt on, you're girding yourself to know where is my strength? My spiritual strength is above the belt. And I got to focus above the belt as much as possible. Of course, I need to get involved with below the belt. But that is like such a less important thing. It should follow everything that above the belt has to say. So that's why it's important to wear a belt or at least if you have a, a, a band uh, in your uh, underclothing or even pants can really make this separation between them. That. <laughs> that's why like when you to like brachas and you're wearing like a toga, we don't want your heart to be able to see without any break the part that's below the belt, because those are two different realms. So that's one important. So that's only for Yisrael. Thank you, Hashem, that I understand the that. And a woman needs to acknowledge that too. Now, Oter Yisrael I you crown the Jewish people with glory. What does that mean? Well, the simple meaning is you're wearing a kippah. So what does it mean I'm wearing a kippah? It means I always know the Shekhinah is above me. Remember, in Yiddish, it's called Yarmulka, which is a contraction of Yoreh Hashem, Yoreh Yarmulka, Yoreh Melech Hashem, Yoreh Melech ko I wear the key because I know Hashem's above me. And what does that mean? So just like I have a separation between the lower half and the higher half, I have to another separation between my higher half and Hashem. And just like my higher part directs the lower part, (coughs) Hashem, who's higher, directs me. So even my higher part needs direction from Hashem. Now that could be the kippah, simple meaning, or the tefillin that you wear. It's the same thing, where I'm putting the Shekhinah mamish Mamish is sitting on top of my head. Now, what would a woman do to have that? She'd also have to cover her hair. A woman who's married covers her hair. She wears a shaykh, so that, or she wears uh, one of these, uh, any kind of hair covering, is her glory. Tiferis, it's glory. Tiferis is the combination between and It means you're you're going in the right path. Why? Because you know that Hashem is above you. Does matter you're a man or a woman. These are just as critical. A woman is no less important. Now, if you're a young girl and you don't have to uh, cover your hair. Okay. So, you have to have that God consciousness that He's above you just to realize that Hashem is above me. And you, you see, every else, you know, you're a young girl, but when you're going to be a mommy, you're going to cover your hair. And when you're a boy at any age, you're always wearing at least a kippah or more to have that realization that Hashem is over you. And if you have that, and that's something only Yisrael could have, then it was a time where it's very fashionable. Non Jews to wear hats. But they wore it as a fashion statement, not to believe that God is over them. Even a Kohanim, when they worked, that special garments, hats, to show that Hashem is over them. So clearly, when you're going to do this, you have to have a, a kippah that at least covers a significant part of your head. There's some people who walk around with like mamish bottle cap kippas. Some say you can, well, in certain places very small. You don't even know the guy's got a on. It's got to be on in a way that you really could tell that it's on. And some great gedolim more like mamish big ones, but it was all over. Okay, that depending on how much you need. But to keep this fear of Hashem, to realize, so there's really three parts. There's the glory of the person, it's Hashem who's over you, and I'm wearing something to acknowledge that, which now is part of the top half of the person, That really is the main spiritual part, which now dominates over the lower half of the person, which is the less spiritual part of the person. So this is some examples, and the other brachas fit into that same idea, that if we would be missing any of those, our lives would be so miserable. Hashem wants you to know how much He loves you, and He gives you everything, and the right focus of all these things. This is what Hashem is trying to teach us. Okay. Tomorrow, we're going to do something interesting. We're going to look at the Akeda, which is in the sitter, although many people don't say it, but we'll see what the advantages of that are.